here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hey there, this is Dylan from Blues Coasters, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hello, it's me, the Ambassador, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. What's up, guys? This is Sean from Dr. Coaster, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Collins. And I'm E.D. And we are from CoasterRadio.com, the original theme park podcast. And you guys are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. My name is Brochet. What's up, guys? My name is Prime. We are Melanin Coaster Network. And you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and let us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can dry up all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please, secure your hats and glasses, and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, Andrew Locke. Hey everyone, this is Andrew. I've got a special guest with me here today. It's actually a friend of mine. Welcome to the podcast. Brian, aka Midnight Coasters. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing good. Uh, thank you, thank you for having me on. I've been uh, been following the podcast for a while. Haven't listened because I want to keep it surprised. Get on here and just kind of feel it out. But uh, no, I've been following the page for a while. I've seen some of the guests you have, and uh, it, it 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 it's really cool what you guys are doing. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, we've had some pretty awesome guests on here, and uh, we just keep it keep it rolling. We got uh, good momentum. We got some exciting things coming up here in season three that you're part of. And uh, yeah, it was uh, great having you on. You know, I was just talking. I had, did another interview earlier today with for, for the season three here, and was just because of how the conversation went. Just happened to talk a lot about Instagram. There's another Instagram enthusiast there, a friend of mine, and actually from Switzerland of all places. And um, I was talking about how Instagram, more than other social media these days, is really enthusiast central. And you know, you and I, like so many other people I've met and guests we've had on and friends that I've made kind of connected up on Instagram originally and, you know, talked for quite a while before meeting in person. We got to meet in person last November because she came to IAPA here in Orlando. She lived down South in Southern Florida. And, um, you know, it was great meeting you. And I, you know, you, I'd gotten to know you pretty well from Instagram chatting, but yeah. it's not the same as meeting someone in person and didn't have a really an idea of how you were like in person. And then we met up at a park and you know, I had some other friends with me. And uh, you were, you know, super enthusiastic, very friendly and outgoing. And it's like, yeah, this guy, we got to have him on the podcast, a great personality to interview. So here we are. So. Well, thank you. Yeah, that, 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 IAP, uh, that was a fun trip. I only had a day up there, but, or two days, because I went to SeaWorld the first day. But yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun getting to meet you, get you meet your friends, hanging out at the park. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited for the end of the month because I'll be back up there for uh, SeaWorld, a convention, fun spot, and islands. So. Yeah, I have to last year was great. You know, I, this is my, well, that was my third year in a row, not counting 2020 because it didn't happen at yeah. IAPA. And each year it just keeps getting better and better uh, from a 
sort of networking standpoint, you know, friends and, you know, I, I can't say colleagues because I don't work in the industry, but, you know, in terms of the podcast, you know, uh, former guests, a lot of VIPs, manufacturers, parts, and just, you know, it's just great to see everyone and, and meet everyone. And in some, in some cases, meet people in person for the first time. And hopefully we still get to continue to get to go to IAPA for those of us that don't work directly in the industry as our day jobs. But, uh, you know, that mess that happened last year, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll all get to go. So, but in any case, uh, let's get started with the interview itself. So I know you, you know me, but, uh, <laughs> but um, probably a lot of our audience doesn't know you, uh, at least certainly not as well as I do. So why don't you start off by telling our audience about yourself and your love of parks and coasters? My name is Brian. I've recently turned 24. I've been riding roller coasters since I was, oh God, probably eight or nine years old. Um, I live down south, South Florida. Um, we had a boomers up here in Dania Beach with the very infamous, now defunct Dania Beach Hurricane. Um, my dad and I rode that thing pretty much every weekend, uh, weather permitting. It was a fun experience. Uh, I miss that coaster a lot. Uh, so one YouTuber did a video on it, Expedition uh, Theme Park. Watching that video was hard because seeing a coaster that that I had ridden, you know, as a child, that is no longer there, and I drive past it maybe once a month. It's now a strip mall. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I've been riding that since I was a little kid. When that that was torn down, I think twenty fifteen. Is it finally removed? Yeah. Yeah. So where that was along uh, a freeway, wasn't it? Yeah, that was right off of uh, 95. Yeah, uh, so I, I think because I used to go to Miami, uh, to Fort Lauderdale to some degree, but mainly Miami a lot when I was younger and because uh, I had family down there. I had the, I was a typical guy from Northeast, from New Jersey, that had grandparents in Florida, flew down here once or twice a year, you know, very, very stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. But I, lo- I love those visits of South Florida. I wasn't. Uh, you know, so much going to parks. Um, it was more going to places like I, I don't know if you're young enough, or I don't know if you're old enough to for these to mean anything to you, but to go into Parrot Jungle, the original location, yep. Monkey Jungle. Yeah, um, I've been there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah ever I love visiting that because I love animals. Like, uh, Everglades, you yep. know, the Miami Zoo, and you know, so many other things. And uh, I remember, I don't think I ever rode the hurricane. But I remember, I remember riding past it. You know, when we were driving places and stuff. So, but that was your first. Yeah, that was my big mate. That was like my first major roller coaster. I had ridden like kitty ones and stuff at fairs, but like yeah. my first major hundred foot coaster was Dania Beach Hurricane. Gotcha. And how, and okay. Oh, you know what? I'm looking. So did that open with boomers? No, I believe that opened later. That opened 2000. So it didn't operate for very long. It operated 11 years. So a little longer oh. than Son of Beast, but um, yeah, okay. Well, that was not the coaster I'm thinking of. No, this I'm, is the one. Know. This is the one that's up. That would have been up 95 heading south. Um, yeah this 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 thing was a lot of fun for being as compact as it was. There was a lot of airtime, especially mm. with those six seater PTC trains. Um, they ran, I think, five car P- five car three seater PTC trains. So oh, okay. you can imagine the whip over the first drop. Yeah, in the, in the yeah. back row of some of a train that long. 
Right. So it's 30, 30 capacity then. So six times five, right? 30 riders per train. Yeah. And they had right, two trains, yeah. but they only ever ran one. Very rarely did they run two. Okay. Yeah. The coaster I'm thinking of was up. This is back in like the eighties. So this is when I was a little kid, but so it must've been something else. Um, Starliner. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, where, where, where was Starliner at by the way? Just Starliner curious. used to be at where Legoland now is. Uh, used you mean to Legoland yeah. up here? Starliner Miracle Strip Amusement Park in Panama City. Uh, no, Starliner. No this, was, no, this was down in the Miami kind of Fort Lauderdale area. There's a hmm. wooden coaster down there. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. But anyway, you know, wooden coasters, they, they're a challenge here in Florida. Oh, yes. Um, you know, it's funny. The first time I rode White Lightning just a couple of years ago, it took me a while to ride it. It just never got down there. I was yep. like, oh boy, this is a wooden coaster. It's at a smaller park it's here in Florida. It's going to be rough. And I was blown away by how good yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we actually we got to ride it together last year. But then you got, you know, Mind Blower, which is much newer. And that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> of course, we know what happened to Gwazi. Also, it didn't last very long. But I mean, wooden coasters, you can do them in Florida, but you got to, they, they're You got to do them right. Yeah, they're labors of love to keep them up. But uh, anyways, so, okay, well, thanks for introducing yourself. And you already answered the first question we normally ask, which is, you know, first coaster that you rode. So what we're going to move on to now is what we call our fear journey, which okay. is kind of central to our mission. It's all about kind of the the other side of theme park therapy. It's, it's kind of where you start and kind of basically it kind of relates to kind of the first time you really get the the theme park therapy kind of benefits from the parks is basically conquering your fears on a ride, a coaster might be a thrill ride, flat ride, drop tower, whatever it may be. And then the transformation that generally happens after that, which I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I won't say anything beyond that, <laughs> but, but any case, so, we, we, you know, it's a journey. So it's kind of a few questions, few questions here. We're going to, you know, kind of a time machine sort of thing here called right. the theme park time machine. So what would you say is the coaster or, or, or ride, whatever it may be that, in your life has scared you the most, you know, the most anxiety provoking and funny enough. Uh, it was last year. I rode possibly the most, the, like the freakiest thing I've written to date. Uh, I had never ridden an RMC until last year. Oh, uh, again, being in Florida, we only have one and it wasn't, you know, I, I I'm four hours from Tampa. Right. Um, right. I was out in California uh, last year with my dad. I did a day at knots and three or four days at magic mountain. Okay. So my first RMC was Twisted Colossus. I, I went into it thinking, I heard good things about it, but I went into it with like, oh, it's going to be like a Woody. It scared the living hell out of me. Excuse my language, but it <laughs> scared me. Like genuinely scared me because not riding it and not knowing what they're like. It's like you go into that and it's that, that like, oh my God. And there's another lap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it scared the living crap out of me. And I, as soon as I got off, I'd called my dad. He was at work. It, he was working uh, for his company out in California at the time or for the few days. And I go, I don't know what I just rode, but it scared the living crap out of me. And I'm taking you on it. Cause the last day we were in California, we both went to magic mountain together. I took him nice. and it scared the living crap out of him. And now he has, he loves RMC now. Yeah. Interesting. Um, my, my first RMCs were, you know, based on where I was living in the time when RMC was kind of starting to come up. I mean, it was a few years after they had gotten started. Um, 
so my first one was in Northern California, Joker. I was living in San Diego when I rode uh, Joker as well, but I had not been to Magic Mountain in a while and just happened to wind up being up in Northern California for work and spent the weekend, went to Discovery Kingdom for the first time in a while, rode Joker. And then uh, I think that's part of why I went, wound up going to Magic Mountain soon thereafter is because how much I love Joker, even though it's a smaller RMC. And, you know, the thing about RMCs now, to be clear, Iron Horse, you know, Ibox based RMCs like we're talking about is my opinion is they don't, of course, ride like wooden coasters to your point. But they're they're obviously steel coasters fundamentally, but they're very unique. Like you could have your eyes closed, have never been on an Ibox RMC and you would know it's an Ibox RMC. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. The forces are different in in many ways rmcs are more intense especially the airtime uh you know they just you know anyway this is vivid for me because literally i was at bush gardens last night for a vip media event which was amazing uh and got you know a couple hours of ert at night on, on an iron glossy like we were sitting on it we got we, we got only eight rides only because there were other things to do there was a food and wine festival that was you know uh it was complimentary for for us because we were basically previewing it and then we also got to ride a serengeti flyer at night so there's a lot going on but just being able to sit on an Anguazi at night was is incredible and uh yeah that ride is so did you get to ride it at night i did i was up uh i was up in october for halloween i went to the hollow stream yeah. Yeah, and I, I wrote it so i got there in the morning i got there at park open actually i got there before the park open and we wrote it in the morning i was like that really wasn't that intense like i thought i was expecting you know i knowing only uh, Twisted Colossus. I thought it was going to be because it's bigger. I thought it was going to be much more insane. Right. And morning was like top ten, maybe a top ten ride. Yeah. Um, midday it went up to like a top five because it starts to speed up. I right. got a midnight ride on that, and it blew oh. my mind. That's right. You messaged me about that. I remember that because of all oh my god. Because we were waiting in line. There was that little Bayou house next to it, like yeah, on the backside. Yeah. We were waiting in line yeah. for that. And Iron Gwazi went down the drop, and it's coming around that turn before the death roll, and yeah. it's hauling. And I have right. a 4K video of it just hauling through the death roll, and I'm like, I know what we're doing before we leave. Like, there's no way we are not riding Iron Gwazi this late at night and not ride, and you know, and not gonna miss it. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it yeah, shot up to my number one immediately. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, there's a, there's an answer to another question. We'll talk more about that when we get to that, nonetheless. But uh, that's and that's OK. Uh, you know, some coasters, they warm up more than others. It's, you know, it's all physics and dynamics, and you know, other things. But uh, Iron Gwazi, the difference between because I've done, you know, first you know, many times, first ride of the day, rope drop, uh, even on a warm day. And then I've done, you know, many night rides, last night ride of the night, you know, many times I've and everything in between. And it, it, the difference between a, a night ride and a day ride on it, just from a physical perspective, not the visual stuff, is huge. It's oh, yeah. huge. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, OK, but but before you rode Iron Gwazi, you rode Twisted Colossus. Is, Correct. Obvious, right. OK. OK. It's your first RMC. And that was one that kind of freaked you out the most. OK. So I was scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. And given <laughs> given that it's a Mobius and, the, and the, the way in which it's a Mobius, I'm kind of curious, but we'll, we'll get to that. But for first, uh, how did you feel like online for the uh, line for Twister Colossus and, you know, before getting on, like, you know, what was 
how is the fear manifesting? So I'm a thrill junkie. I always have been, regardless of what it is. Um, right. If if it's high octane, if it's fast, if it's loud, stuff like that. I'm a car guy as well. Um, yep, you and I loud, both. Loud, yep. fast. Yeah, stuff like that. I've been to drag racing. Yep. So it's like I'm used to like high octane stuff. I'm like, okay, it's going to be like a regular, you know, it's going to be a little more extreme than a wooden coaster, but it's not going to be too bad. You know, I was, you know, I was pumped up for it. It was also a new coaster for me at the time. It was number 98 for me. Nice. So, um, yeah, I was hyped. I was ready to go. I'm like, yeah, we'll do this. Let's do it. Um, and then getting onto it, I'm like, okay, this is, this is, you know, how it's going to, you know, it's going to be a woody, a little more intense woody is what I, what I kind of figured it was going to be. Okay. Uh, okay, but what I'm not getting fear in here at all. I wasn't necessarily scared if we were talking fear, like a proper fear for me was the Incredible Hulk when I was a little kid. Okay, all right. So let's okay, let's kind of revisit the question then because it, it's kind of important for, for what we're trying to get into here. So would you say that Incredible Hulk of all the coasters, all the rides you've been on, that's the one that kind of intimidated you the most before getting on it? Yeah, because – okay. Okay. Being a little kid, my dad would ride it every time we went to Islands of Adventure. He's like, "We're going on it. You're going on it. You're going." I'm like, "I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No way. Too big." This is before they retract it too, so it was very loud. If yeah. you remember Hulk's original roar, oh yeah, I rode it. Oh, yeah, it was loud. You could hear yeah. it across the lagoon. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And yeah. that, yeah. on top of the launch, the like the roar, the launch, everything, it scared the hell out of me. I'm like, how? Yeah. Like How old it, were you when you were? Oh, God, maybe nine or ten. Okay, so you probably were just meeting the height requirement since it's yeah. 54. Yeah. It, it, the sound enough intimidated me. Like, it was loud. Like, Dueling Dragons was kind of in a little ditch. Like, it was down low. So, yeah. it, it wasn't really as loud. But Hulk right. is right there over the midway. It's right out. And uh, it, it yeah. when I finally wrote it, I'm like, that was the most fun. I don't know why I was so scared to ride that. That was fun. Okay. Well, before we get to that, let's let's take a step back. So in the Hulk queue and before getting on, talk to me about what you remember, at least, of how the fear was manifesting. Uh, it was where I was scared because at that time, I had been on coasters that go upside down, but nothing that had gone upside down that high off the ground. Like that initial uh, that roll. Okay. So it was like it, it was one of those things where it's like, oh my god, the height and you're upside down that high off the ground. Like right. you start running through these scenarios in your head, like, oh crap, this, that, and well, in reality you're perfectly safe, but I remember I was like shaking. And my right, dad's like, Come on, right. you'll like it. He finally convinced me to go on it. I was shaking, I was crying. And oh. like it was but but I probably wouldn't be as big of an enthusiast as I am today if my dad had not forced me to go on that and break that fear of that ride. Sure, of course, of course. Now, when was that? When was the breaking point? When was when did you go from feeling afraid to wow, this is incredible? Like when did that happen? When I got off the Hulk for the first time. It was when you got off. It wasn't during the ride. It was like you. It was going too fast. You had to process it at I, the I, end. Yeah, I was like, what is that? Like, it was going so, it was for me at that age, that was fast for me. Like, I grew oh, up with yeah, a little yeah. Woody coaster. Like, yeah. that was, I, it took me, like, I was on the break run and I remember just being like, ma like mouth open, just in shock, just like, what did I just ride? Right. And then I got You're off and I had a, right, I got off, I had a chance to process it and I'm like, that was amazing. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then, all right. And then how would you say that riding Hulk, given your reaction to it, what happened afterwards, how would you say that riding it impacted your life? Uh, it, it, it broke me kind of that I, when I was little, I had a very big fear of heights. So, that because even the the cobra rose tall the loop is tall that roll is tall you know right. it's just like it, it broke that fear for like oh you're not that high and you're going so fast you're up there for like a second or two so right. it's kind of like it's not that it, it broke that fear of oh my god i'm going to be up there for so long when in reality it's just like you're one two done right so is is Goliath of Magic Mountain the tallest coaster you've ridden? Or no, you ridden I've been on King Ka? Ka. Oh, you have been on Ka? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and you rode Ka, you know, after Hulk, I take it. Oh, the, I was probably 14 or 15 when I rode King Ka for the first time. Okay. And so when you rode Ka, like, you didn't have that level of anxiety that you had before Hulk? No. no. Okay. Not at okay. all. So really, <laughs> okay. So it really broke your fear. Okay, great. I yeah. mean, that's what a lot of us go through. It's it's a oftentimes a different coaster. I mean, some coasters because of how popular they are, where they're located, you know, they are the ones that, that are, you know, the ones that people are the most afraid of. The ones we get a lot are uh, not uh, similar to Kyle, though I know Kyle wasn't your, you're the one that broke your fear, but uh, a lot of top little dragster answers, which is kind of sad. Now, if you think about it, um, we get um, uh, X2 is a very common one. Um you know, there's, you know, there's, there's others, but those are probably the two most common. So taking a step back away from fear, how would you say that parks and coasters in general have had a significant positive impact on your life? Uh, it's, it's gotten me out of my house. That's the main thing. I'm very much introverted until I'm around people that I know. Like you I, are introverted. Yes. Oh yeah. I spend, really. Yeah, I leave the house to go to work and to go to Magic the Gathering on Friday nights. Okay, so or to go to parks. That, so it's part of why you're like that. Because I know you like gaming and and you know you're you're really into PCs and stuff. Is part of that 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 kind of keeps you in? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, normally when someone says they're introverted, it means they're shy even when they meet other people. So, do right. you need to say that? You are you really think you're shy, or just that you're just kind of wind up staying home a lot? So for me, I'm shy until I get to know somebody. Like I knew oh. you because through Instagram, so I was very comfortable going up to you and say, "Hey, this and that." But say, if for example, if I go to if one of my friends takes me to a bar, right, right. for a night out, I'm gonna right. sit at the bar and watch whatever's on TV. I'm not gonna talk to people because I don't know people. I it's it's out of my okay. comfort zone. So okay. I wouldn't say I'm introverted in the in the, in the, the main introvert way where it's like, oh, right. I just don't want to talk to anybody. It's like, right. I'll go out with friends because I know who they are. Right. But if, 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 if there's people there that I don't know, I will like immediately just be like, I don't I don't know who these people are. Kind of just sit at the bar and mind my own business. Right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. So but luckily for you, because some people that have that shyness and it's very common. Even if they've talked to someone online or you know, email with people or message with people, they're still very shy with that person in person because they haven't met them in person yet. At least for you, you know, just talking to someone online for a while makes you comfortable with them so that when you meet them in person, you're good to go. Yeah, more, more okay. or less, it's how it is for me. That's it's good. Just, so I can kind of feel out if I'm talking to them long enough, I can kind of feel out like the vibe 
that at least yeah. the beginning of it. So then when I meet them, I could be like, okay, yeah, that matches. Like that that matches, or hey, it's like, yeah, that it's more or less like that. Feel out the gotcha. vibe of the person. Nice. I gotcha. I gotcha. So okay, interesting. Yeah, because you know, for our listeners, the reason why I was so surprised that Brian said he was introvert is when we met up for the first time in person, you know, during IAPA week. Again, I was talking earlier about how enthusiastic, energetic he was, very friendly and outgoing. I'm like, no, this is not an introvert. So I get it because you were comfortable with me, which is great. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Okay. Uh, so by the way, I, you might have mentioned this earlier, but I might have missed it. So in terms of where you live down in South Florida, are you like near Miami or Fort Lauderdale? or? I am right on the border of Palm Beach County. So I'm still in Broward, but maybe a quarter mile north is the border okay. of Palm Beach County. So are you near a Brightline Station? I don't know. I know there's okay. one in Boca, but I think yeah. that's East Boca. I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it, but I do know they're building a route to Orlando. Yes. Well, that's why I'm driving. I, <laughs> I was going to so you're, so you're looking forward to trying that out? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, I'm going to take full advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, because I've been, I've been following it. So for listeners that don't know, uh, Brightline is a new uh, train local train network, regional train network here in Florida that uh, they already have kind of a, a local branch down in the South Florida area connecting kind of Palm, Palm Beach, Boca, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, kind of that area. But they, they've actually already built the track and the extension um, all the way up to Orlando and they're testing it right now. And they're going to do another branch of it, another extension out to Tampa. And what's there's a couple of things that are exciting about this. And I know I'm, I'm going to mention this now because it's is a convenience aspect to it. A lot of people come to Florida. Plus the, the union of, you know, you and I both are car enthusiasts and mm -hmm. coaster enthusiasts, theme park enthusiasts. And that's a pretty good union. There's a lot of park coaster enthusiasts I meant that aren't into cars. But likewise, there's, I think, even bigger union of train enthusiasts. And, and coaster park enthusiasts, there's like, you know, it's this very common commonality. I know quite a few like that. So I think this might be interesting to use to our to our listeners. Um, so Brightline is interesting because of what connects to and from. But also it is uh, in the long distance stretches, say from, for example, from South Florida to Orlando, it's going to run at 125 miles an hour, which yeah. is is no big deal in Europe or Asia or anywhere else in the world. But here in the U.S., that's a big, big, big deal. And I'm that's, a big fan of – yeah, sorry. Go ahead. That, that's double the speed of what you're doing on the highway to get to Orlando. Like you're exactly. cutting your time in half. And that's not even considering traffic that you would, might get on the turnpike or – yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of trains. I've used them all over the world. And I've been wanting us to get better trains here in the U.S. And this is a good start. And I hope Brightline does well. I think they will so that other projects will will happen and – and the other big deal about this that's related that I'm excited for for people like you, Brian, is one of the stations here in Orlando. I don't think it's going to be operational initially. I think the when they go up, when they go live, and I'll be one of the first ones to ride it in this spring. So in the next couple of months, perhaps wow. by the time yeah, by the time this interview gets released, they'll be running between Orlando and, and South Florida. Um, is the station at MCO at the airport, which is perfect. But then it's going to extend from there uh, over to um, there's going to be a station at the Orlando Convention Center, which is great for IAPA, but it's also great for Epic Universe because Epic yes. Universe is right there. I didn't even think of that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Universal is actually providing Brightline with $150 million for this to make this all happen. And, yeah, 
and Disney actually lost out. Disney was trying to make a Disney Springs uh, station. They were yeah, trying I remember to get, that. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to get them to kind of route over there, but instead they're going to the convention center, um, which you know makes yeah. sense too. So anyway, but uh, I'm looking forward to coming down to South Florida, kind of going the reverse direction because I live up here in Orlando, uh, and finally going to Uncle Bernie's. And uh, I'll take you to Uncle Bernie's. Yeah, yeah awesome, I, I know, awesome. I, I live right near there, so it, I'm like 20 minutes oh. from that. If you live right near Uncle Bernie's, then you live fairly close to a Brightline station. Yeah, because it's not yeah. that far. But awesome. Yeah, I have another friend that you'll meet down there. My friend Tyler has actually been on the podcast here in season two. He lives down that area, and he wants to he wants to join me there, too. So you'll get to meet him probably. Uh, so any, anyway, so enough about <laughs> the Brightline. It just made me think of it because you live down in South Florida. So, uh, you know, kind of going beyond kind of our fear journey, and thanks for talking through that and kind of, you know, how things are important to you and so forth. And, and, you know, your fear journey is, is, is great because it's very typical, but that's a good thing, you know, in that it helped you break your fear of heights, you know, where you can ride anything and it's allowed you to really enjoy, enjoy coasters and get out. Like you said, you know, it's, it's made you less of an introvert and, you know, giving you a new hobby, you know, over the years. And so that's all great. So what we're going to talk about now is kind of the next part of the interview is, is uh, usually the most fun part. Usually there's some laughs and some interesting stories, uh, especially for this next question. And that is, what has been your craziest moment on a coaster or on a, on a ride? Oh, God, my craziest moment. You know what? Riding X2 for the first time. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Go into details. I can relate. So, so I, I, I'm, I got three days by myself in the park. I, I cleared the park in like half a day because I went on a... Yeah. Friday on a Wednesday or Thursday, oh, nice. a Thursday, and, and it was dead. But everything was open. All the coasters yeah. were open. Oh yeah, everything was open. You, you realize how lucky you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went over. I hit Viper yeah. first. That was the first thing I hit. And then I went uh, over to. Course. I had of to. Course. Viper's my yeah. baby. I can't. You're an hour enthusiast. I know. Yep. yep. I mean, <laughs> if you could see. Oh yeah. So. So this is a podcast, so I'll explain. So Brian is uh he's also really into 3D printing. That's the thing that yes. you do at home there. And he's been working on if, if you follow him on Instagram, when you'll find out later how you can follow him. We'll do that at the end. Uh you'll see he's been uh, working on um on some 3D printing of arrow trains and track and all that fun stuff. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, I hit Viper. I'm like, I gotta hit Viper. And I did five rides in the morning, just back to it was dead. Just back nice. to back to back to back. And then I went over to X2 because it's right next to Viper. Yeah. Uh, and I get to the station. I'm like, I asked the ride up, best seat. What is it? He goes, back row, outside seat. That 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 was my okay. first mistake. Uh, okay. Because I got on and I'm like, I couldn't figure out the restraint system. I'm like, how do I do this? <laughs> but um, uh, the first drop was the most insane thing I've ever felt on a roller coaster. Because yep. you're sitting there going up the hill, facing away from the lift. You're facing. Uh -huh. If you've been on X2, you know you're facing yep. away from the lift. You're going up backwards, essentially. And then next thing you know, you're 90 degrees and you're dropping straight down, or more or yep. less straight down. I'm like, I've never felt that in my life, and it's it didn't terrify me, but it was something like, what was that? <laughs> like, yep. you, oh god. Yep. Yep. So I have broken my fears uh basically my fears were broken on something that you'll very much appreciate i think i've told you this when we've been chatting online uh on the great american screen machine a great adventure i wrote it shortly after it opened 
and I was afraid of going upside down and you know all the intensity and everything. And for me, my fear was broken, I think, in the first loop because I was afraid of going upside down. And then I was going through and I'm like, oh, wow, this isn't bad. Oh, this is fun. Oh, there's more of these. Oh, yes, bring it on. Uh, and, you know, that was all great and everything. But, uh, you know, I still I'm writing X2 later. Really, I wrote it as X. I wrote it literally... The first week or two was open to the public because I was part of season pass previews back in 2002. So I wrote it, the original heavy arrow trains, uh, you know, pristine riding any seat, including the back outer. Totally fine. Although I think it's a front row ride because Absolutely. of the first drop. But but still, I get, you know, the back's good for forces. But uh, I remember my, my friend at the time uh, lives in San Diego, Thuzi, you know, he and I went up there and. Yeah, it was it was an out of body experience, as Kim or the producer would describe it. And I've written X as X and then as X two many times since. Still, my fear of coasters, right, any kind of ride really, is broken. But every time I ride X or any of the, I've ridden all three of the hour forties, all of, you know, China and Japan. And whenever I ride any of them, it's that first drop especially. It's a reminder of just wow. It's just like yeah. a wow, not scary, but like intense, you know, just like, okay. And I know it's coming. I know what it's like. I'm like, it's just, you're never, I feel like I'm never ready for it. I think no. that's the best way to put it. Because you can't see it coming. Yeah, you can't see it coming. And it's so different. Yeah, there are other drops, you know, theory that are taller. There are other drops that are, you know, steeper because it's greater than 90 degrees. But just the nature of that ride system and how you're facing straight down, especially in the front, with you can't. There's no one in front of you. You know, if it's facing straight down, it's just it is unbelievable, just unbelievable. So I totally get that, that would be a craziest moment on a coaster. So, so you haven't had like any evacs or anything like that. I got close to an evac, uh, but it didn't actually evac. Unfortunately, it was on uh, Escape from Gringotts. It was the the, oh. turn bef- the turn before the launch. Um, we stopped for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. All the house lights came on. So you got oh. to see kind of everything. You were facing the screen, but you could look around and see like all the track and everything. Next thing, power went, uh, the lights went off and the ride restarted. And I wish we'd have gotten evac because that would have been my first evac. But no, right now out of the 104 coasters I've been on, I've never once had an evac. Oh, okay, so yeah, it makes sense, especially without an evac that, you know, your X2 ride, which again, very legitimized by itself, that, you know, be a craziest moment. And that, that is a very good craziest moment. So um, I love it. And I, I, I am, a you know, a big fan of those first drops on the R40s. There's nothing like it. So I, I, I don't say I approve because it's an opinion thing or it's an experience thing, but I, uh, I can relate. I'll put it that way. So that's a great one. So you already told us this. But why don't you maybe share, you know, remind us again what it is and share, you know, why it is your favorite coaster. Why is Iron Gwazi your favorite coaster? Uh, Iron Gwazi, I go based on intensity for something. I, I, there's a couple things I rank my on. Uh, intensity, classics, like stuff like that. So more nostalgia factors. Right. That Hence why Iron, excuse me, Iron Gwazi wasn't my number one. Until I got a midnight ride on it. Okay, what was your number one before it? 
Viper at Magic Mountain. Uh, of course. Okay. Okay. Which is now my number two. <laughs> right. Well, um, yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if this, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's just lists and fun stuff. It doesn't matter. But if it helps you in your head, uh, some people, they have two number ones. And what I mean by that is they have a le- legitimate, like based on, you know, the experience, the ride forces, etc number one and then they have like an emotional or a sentimental number one so i would think that viper would be your sentimental emotional number one right and i'm quasi is your like legit number one but, yeah more more or less yeah. to put it that way i'd put it as my sentimental number one but also that ride just blew me away so yeah. it, it, it was good enough to take my top my number two spot as well yeah, so I remember, okay, so one of my friends, and, you know, I say this periodically in the podcast, and he's on my list, um, and I think I just talked to him about this. So one of my buddies, uh, you might have met him when you were out at Bush Gardens, because unfortunately I couldn't meet you out there because of schedule. Um, he's a Bush Gardens local. He's a local Fousey here in Central Florida. Really good friend of mine, amazing guy, uh, Kalen Prophet. And he, you probably know of him if you haven't met him. He is famous because he has over 2,000 rides on Iron Glass. Oh, okay. I know who that is. I didn't meet him. I don't know what he looks like, but I do know who that is. You will love him. And yeah, you guys got to meet. We got Hopefully next time, well, not this coming trip, but future trips up here, we can coordinate it so I meet you or join you over at Bush Gardens and I can introduce you to him. He's there all the time. But really wonderful guy. Uh, and it, so, Kaylin, you know, and again, we all we do funny things as Thuzies. We say funny things. We're controversial. We're weird. So, Kaylin works next door to Bush Gardens. He he works at the well. I, I don't want to. I don't know. If, I don't know if he wants to be public where he works. So I won't say. But he works nearby to, to Bush Gardens, and he's there basically every day. And he was saying because I've known him for years now, back in like. 2019 2020 you know they were building it the first test runs you know leading up to the pandemic he was saying way back then that it is his new number one he wasn't even close to riding it i'm like yeah we haven't ridden it yet it's like it's my number one I'm like okay all right and and it is it became his number one obviously <laughs> and you know a lot of people were saying you know remember that that um concept pov that bush gardens put out like long before it opened and people were watching that like Ah, it's not. It's not gonna be better than Steel Vengeance, and you know, blah 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 blah. And I, the, the concept POVs, they, yeah, they, they can be very accurate and everything, but you you don't get the right forces from them, and it's hard to imagine right. that, you know. So that's really what's missing from that. Now, again, my opinion. I've been on both. Uh, the Iron Grazi is far better than Steel Vengeance. Iron Grazi is my number one RMC, and yeah, it's not as long. Just like Iron Gwazi is not as long as Twisted Colossus, but it's it's not about it's not about the the quantity or the length of the ride. It's about the quality of it. And uh, when we interviewed Jake Kilcup last year, you know, um, COO of RMC about Iron Gwazi, and we actually interviewed him before it opened, and uh, he he was happy to talk about it because the interview wasn't getting released until after the ride opened, so he was okay talking about the ride a bit and. He said that, you know, one, we're going to love it. And two, Alan, because Al- it was Alan's swan song, it was his last coaster that he designed. No, it is not Wildcat's Revenge. Wildcat's Revenge was designed years ago for a Percy Park. They sat on it 
and it's just opening later. They decided to finally build it or convert it. But no, Iron Gwazi was the last design that Alan did, and he wanted to make it his 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 opus, his magnum opus. And so he wanted to make it kind of the greatest hits of his design for RMC. And he did that. And uh, it's just the pacing of it, the layout of it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. You know, the barrel roll down drop to take that instead of that being that first drop at a slow speed, like on um, Twisted Timbers, put it in the middle of the ride when you're at kind of maximum speed or high speed. Brilliant. You know, and that's oh, yeah. so forceful. You know, the wave turn of the station, epic. Uh, the the transition and out of the uh, stall, fantastic! All the airtime in the second half, um, you know, it's just great. And you know, I, you know, I'm curious. So you've not ridden Steel Vengeance yet? I have not been to Cedar Point. I have okay. been to very few parks so far, actually. Um, right. But because we have so many coasters here in Florida, I've been able to build right. a. You know, most of my credits are from Florida. Yeah, sure. I believe it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been to Knott's, I've been to Magic Mountain, and I've been to Great Adventure. Those and Superland right. out in Israel. Those are the f- like couple parks that I've been to that are outside of Florida. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, we obviously have to get to Cedar Point. I'm very curious. Uh, one of my most controversial spicy takes as an enthusiast is my opinion of Seal Vengeance. Uh, I actually think it's one of the worst RMCs. Um, for for reasons, um, I, I it's very uncomfortable for me. It kills my thighs, and it's way too monotonous. There there is such a thing as too much airtime, which again I'm sure enthusiasts are screaming at me right now, <laughs> because when you have only airtime, it's boring. You got to have variety. You've got other stuff, and that's what Iron Glossy's got. That's what Velocicoaster has. That's what Terran has. That's what the best coasters in the world have. And yeah. Steel Vengeance doesn't have that. So anyway, but uh, you know that's my opinion. We all have opinions. So I'm curious to see what you, because obviously you love RMC, like a lot of people. I'm curious to see what you think of Steel Vengeance when you ride it. So I get the, the one thing that I, I feel like it's not going to live up because it's been so overhyped. Yep. Yep. That I feel like it's not going to have the same punch as if I had never, like Iron Gwazi, I'd heard a few people say, oh, it's really good at this and that. But Steel Vengeance, anyone you ask, it's, it's really good. Oh my god! It's the best RMC. It's the best RMC. It's the best RMC. It, it see now for me, it's going to be like, is it though? Like or, but every, yeah. I think everyone has their own way of ranking coasters. Oh, of course. So for me, it definitely it, it might not even come close for me because of how I I per, prefer nostalgia and classics right. over modern intense stuff. Yeah, 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 and I I respect that because and you're you're a little bit unique in that regard. I think that's cool. I mean, it's cool to chart your own path. So that, I think I love that. So actually, why, why don't you kind of maybe expand upon that for our audience because we don't get a lot of people on here that have that sort of perspective. So I growing up, I've always had a thing. I'll use this as an example for classic cars. I love classic cars. I go to classic car shows. Like I I like preserving older historical stuff that has historical value. Sure. So for example, the original corkscrew at uh what's the park it's at now? Um Silverwood. Oh right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That park couldn't have said, no, I don't want it, but that 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 coaster's a bucket list for me because it's the first arrow corkscrew. Right, right. And and it's it's you know I went to Magic Mountain and I was telling my friends over in um I have little groups that I'm in where we talk a lot of roller coaster stuff. Like later on in the night we'll hop on and 
like them and I will talk roller coasters for hours. I went to Magic Mountain because of how many arrows there were. Not for like Goliath or not for like Twisted Colossus. I went because I want to ride the arrows. Those are out. Those are going out. Those are all on their way out because that company's not in business anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have SNS who makes parts, but those coasters are 40 plus years old. Now, maybe not Viper. Oh, no, she's she's getting there. But again, those coasters without Arrow, you wouldn't have RMC. You wouldn't have some of the innovations that B&M or Vacoma or Intamin have put out. You know, Arrow was the leading manufacturer at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if yeah, if you think about it, you know, to use a car reference, classic car reference, again, I love cars as well, as we talked about, you know, Arrow is the Ford of coasters, of, of steel coasters and and the, the pioneers. And, and so, so Brian, you've seen the legacy of Arrow documentary, right? I've Please seen parts of it. Seen. I've never sat and watched the whole thing, unfortunately. Oh, Brian, Brian. <laughs> Ryan, I know it's late now, maybe tomorrow. Watch it. I've watched it like three or four times now. It's amazing. Shout out to Chris Robery, friend of mine, uh, ACE member. I used to work with him on the uh, ACE podcast. So I was part of that too. And a uh, great guy, works for, works for Ride Entertainment, does a lot of work with Doris Flower. Great guy. And he did an amazing job with that documentary. And he and another great friend uh, and also friend of this podcast, uh, Scott Schaefer, the amazing Orlando Scott, Upstop Media. Uh, I know him. He, yeah, he's a he's an awesome guy, good friend. Um, he, he and Chris are they're doing a Schwarzkopf documentary, kind of legacy oh, wow. of Schwarzkopf. Yeah, very nice. Which I think Schwarzkopf is is the second up there with Arrow. Yeah, they're, they're the second. Yeah, they literally are the second. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I agree with you. The arrows, you know, coasters, wood coasters. You can more easily maintain. I mean, I. I'm not, I, I don't have the, the nostalgia level that you do have, but yeah, I appreciate the hell out of it. I'm, I'm going to use the line, or just like you did earlier, not, not the worst word in the world. Um, I used to have Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk as my home park. I used to live in Santa Cruz, love living out there for at least in certain ways. And that park is, um, if you're a nostalgic person with, 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 with parks and coasters, next California trip, make sure you go there. You know, it's just so it's such a great park to be around and it's been in movies and anyway, but uh, um, the giant dipper, uh, it's not the best Woody, you know, it's not, it's not like a GCI or, you know, right. voyage, but for what it is, it's fantastic. You know, right on the beat by the beach there, they, it's a labor of love and it's, you know, it's well over hundred years old now, the cyclone as well. Similarly. Yeah. Oh, I love the that. cyclone. I love yeah, the cyclone. Like, if you love the cyclone, you'll like the giant dipper. It's not as intense as the cyclone, but it's it's a great. It's it's kind of like a Millennium Force, which I know you've not been on yet. It's not the most intense Woody, but it's beautiful view and the location right. and everything. But the, the, the um, scenery definitely helps roller coasters. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So the wooden coasters they can maintain because it's just wood. You don't mm-hmm. have to get a part from a specific company. The steel coasters, it's a little more difficult to replicate. Uh, and you know, to that point, even the uh, the Disney Space Mountains that are inside that don't get subjected to weather, they're going away. That you know, the the one in Tokyo is getting redone. The one at Disneyland proper's already been redone by Vacoma. Um, the one I was just riding the one here in Magic Kingdom with some friends the other night, a couple nights ago, and we're like, you know, we love it. We uh, we were talking about how the layout we think is the best of all the Space Mountains. But um, anyway. But you were all like, yeah, this is going to get replaced because it's getting rough. And, it, you know, uh, yeah. wasn't it just did, didn't it get a massive retracking in like the early 2000s? 
It, it may have. I don't know, but it, it not. It, it didn't get a rebuild like Hulk or, or like you know the Disneyland one did uh, to that level. Um, it, it, it needs work. It needs help. Or maybe the trains. Maybe they just need brand new trains because those trains are so old. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but uh, I mean, you know, maybe they could extend the life of it by that. But but yeah, the arrows are going. So I totally get it. Why you need to ride them when you can. Yeah. I, my next big trip is going to be Virginia for uh that that's gonna probably be next year for uh, bush gardens uh what's the other parks bush gardens king's dominion Dominion. yep anaconda you know nessie yeah yep 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 makes sense yeah nessie runs really well but it runs slow but it was pretty smooth i just wrote it again last year but yeah it's it's Uh, it's so iconic yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I that if you if I had to bet money on like with the last arrow loopers that'll be standing, I would put it on Nessie. I would put it on X two. Well, I wouldn't say it's a looper, uh, but like arrows that'll be standing. Nessie, X two, and Canyon Blaster. I would say Tennessee Tornado. Tennessee Tornado. Yeah, that was ninety nine, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the last one. Have you have you not been to Dollywood? No. You need no. to go because Tennessee Tornado actually runs really well. I did a model of Tennessee Tornado. I have it sitting up on my shelf. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun one. But um, yeah, no, I that that loop is it, it's it looks odd. Yeah, it's it, yeah they went in a different direction because you know they had learned from previous. And, no, it, it's not the best layout of the Arrow Mega it's loopers, short. but and it's short, but it it's it it runs well, and part of it's because it's newer. But it's not that new. It's you know it's over twenty years old. But it, it you know it runs well. They take good care of it too. So but they also use right, well, lining on that, if I remember. Correctly. Oh yeah, because again they had computer modeling at that point. So I think that's part 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 of why it's smoother feeling. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good point. So all right, fun fun nostalgia there. Arrow is awesome. Watch the documentary, Brian. That's your homework. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so on the other end of the spectrum, what would you say is your least favorite coaster? Hurricane at Fun Spot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Miler, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've ridden other ENF Milers and they were really fun. This one just bangs you around. Yeah, but it, 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 and I'm also like six one six, almost six two. It someone that tall in a car that small. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, I got banged up pretty bad on that one. Mm-mm. That was a one and done for me. Those turns were thrown against the side and. Uh, people are like, oh, it's a good ride. I'm like, yeah, I don't. It, it was a one and done for me. I will not rewrite it. It was that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. I've ridden it a couple times. It was a one and done, but I'm sure I'll ride it again because what happens is I get, and I love this, you know, I love living in Orlando because, well, one, the amazing parks we have, but two, oh, yeah. um, other reasons as well, but pertaining to this episode, to this interview, the another big reason is all the, the friends that come to visit. And, you know, a lot of people come to visit, you know, they may have been to Disney or Universal or, or whatnot, but a lot of them have not been to Sunspot yet. And so they want their credits, they want to catch up. And so, you know, I wound up meeting friends at Funspot and Variably and, you know, yeah, sure, I can stay off ride. Um, and if I'm if I'm not feeling great, I'm not going to ride Mind Blower every time because that is so rough. Mm-hmm. But Hurricane, I'll, I'll ride if, as long as I'm in a good mood, I guess. <laughs> I'll ride it with them, but... Yeah, a fun spot Kissimmee is a little bit rough. It's it's like, it's it's the janky fun spot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is the, do they have a kitty coaster at the Kissimmee one? Because I don't think I've been on that. 
Yeah, they need that one. I may need that credit. Yeah. Okay. All right. We can do that. And then they have the uh, they have a wild mouse as well. Okay. Yeah. Because I was gonna go. Because I know for my April first, I have a change of plans. Because I found out that Warrant is playing at SeaWorld Food Festival. Oh. So I'll be going to see Warrant with my partner. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, Pipeline just started testing today. I saw that. Full, I'm so excited. Yeah. Full disclosure: this interview is being recorded in uh, early to mid March, so. Uh, it's kind of dated it by mentioning uh, when we uh, when pipeline started testing. That's all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. praying passholder previews will be started by then. Yeah, I was just telling Kim today that it may be open by or may have previews going by then. We'll see, but because uh, I've got my yeah. platinum pass and I will be taking full advantage of it if that's if it's doing pre uh, previews. Oh sure, oh sure, of course, of course. All right, so. Next couple of questions are kind of, these are our last kind of mean questions and gotcha. they're kind of thought provoking. Uh, first one, at least here in the season, uh, you know, can explain to everyone what it's about. because It's a new question. Um, Coaster challenge has been around. It predates the podcast. We had a YouTube channel still do. And Coaster challenge has been around about eight years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has some longstanding fans because of that. And one of our most longstanding fans, going back to the early days, uh, even before I think he, uh, I joined the, uh, the, the channel back in uh, 2018, uh, it, we had this uh, very nice kid named Dusty uh, who lives out in California, not far from David. And David became very close with him and his family, his parents. Um, I actually interviewed his mom on the podcast here in season one. Very nice people. And uh, Dusty sadly suddenly passed away a few months ago. Oh, wow. And yeah. And it hit, especially David, understandably, because he knew Dusty in person, you know, and was close with him, uh, lived out there near him. Uh, it hit David, understandably, really hard. And so David kind of has been thinking a lot about mortality. And so, inspired by Dusty and Dusty's memorial that he attended, is where this next question comes from. So, okay. thinking about, you know, however long your life lasts, hopefully a much longer time because you're young. Um, you know, whenever your life, it's it's done, how would you say you would like your family, your friends, your colleagues, people that knew you, how would you like them to remember you by? Well, that's, that's a good one. Wow. Um, as someone who lived life to the fullest, wanted to, you know, loved roller coasters, went out and rode all his favorite coasters, you know, he... He, he's been saying for years how he wanted to go and he went and he did it and you know he filled his bucket list I guess you could say is that he did what he wanted to do in life and he lived a very full life and you know he he left his mark on the world in, in terms of music and stuff like that so it's it's that's a that's a really tough question well um, I think your answer is great your answer is great I mean you know as, as the uh, as the saying goes these days you uh, it sounds like you want to be remembered for living your best life. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, and like I said, that was one of the big reasons I got into music as well, um, is to so that God forbid an accident or something, there's still you know my music is still there. So what it, do you it's, play, by the way? What kind I of do vocals. Play? I'm a, I'm a I'm a metal vocalist. Oh, yeah. I do I, I do play guitar. 
as you can see behind me, for those who are on the podcast, uh, I, I play guitar or who are listening. I play guitar. Um, not very well, but I play <laughs> it just to, just to, you know, know it just to play yeah. and have fun with it. But um, no, I, I, I do screaming, uh, screaming, guttural fries, false chords, stuff like that. Um, oh, wow. Are you in a yeah, band? I am. I'm in two bands. I'm in a band called um, Arbiter, which is a more of a hardcore style band. And then I'm in a band called Primordial Eden, which is a more symphonic um, metalcore style, which is more like bands like um, Mice and Men, uh, stuff like that. Do you guys have any music, say, on like uh, Apple Music, Spotify? Things we like do. That, yeah, my my oh, old my band Arbiter used to go by a different name. Uh, it, go, it used to go by Secret to the Crypt. Uh, we recorded our EP in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not great, but what it, we I'd never done anything at the time, so it's like we just kind of did it to have fun. But now I'm right. I'm taking everything. We're doing everything properly. We have a studio now. We've got all kinds of stuff. So nice, awesome. Yeah, you're um. Gosh, your second, maybe third or so of the guests we've had on, of the 115, 20 so guests we've had on, uh, that uh, actually is in a band and, and uh, actually a vocalist as well, guitar and vocalist. Um, my friend Dylan, who lives up uh, right near Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, uh, he's in a band. He's only 16, and they're they're already performing live performances, you know, selling tickets to shows. Oh, wow. Just like, yeah, is. They're, he and his bandmates. I've, I've met a, met one of his bandmates as well. Really talented kids. Yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, really, really good. So yeah, that's fun. I did, I don't think I knew that about you. I knew that you were into kind of heavier music, like heavy metal kind of stuff. I didn't realize you actually perform it. That's really cool. Yeah, nice. yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I have a new track coming out. I don't know when it's coming out, but we are starting the final vocal recording on it and the mixing. Um, so hopefully by summer it'll be out. We're hoping. Nice. Nice. So, uh, awesome. yeah, very cool. Very cool. So the last main question, and then we'll do our, kind of, you know, like to kind of share how people can find you and all that after that. Right. But the last main question, another kind of thought provoking one, and this is, could be anything, but you generally people answer this in the frame of our mission, theme park therapy, facing fears, you know, dealing with anxiety, depression, you know, trying to live your best life in spite of challenges. Um, do you have any advice you'd like to share with people? You know, maybe people that are struggling. Uh, if you're if you're struggling and you're trying to put up with, you know, let's say you're going through a rough time in your life, don't be afraid to reach out to people that you say look up to. They may not see it, but the fact that you could get it out of your system and know that, hey, and if they do see it, you know, you know, people you look up to, uh, definitely is the way or isn't the way I say it, but people that you look up to definitely oh no, this is tough. <laughs> Your, the best thing is is people that you look up to, whether it's a small influencer or a rather large influencer. Um just be like, hey, you know, and you may not see this, but I'm going through some stuff right now and I just want to like thank you for hey, you're getting me through this or stuff like that. Um because I know for me, I've had, funny enough, uh, in music, I've had someone say, hey, you know, your music got me to this point. And I'm like, that means a lot. Like, even to me, as someone who's in a small band that has, like, yeah. played two shows, to know that someone's come up to me and said, hey, your music helped me get through this. It's like, oh, my God, I've changed you. Like, it, 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 
not only does it 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 makes the influencer feel good in a good way, not like it makes them feel good in like that kind of off way, but it it it's something that even just getting out of your system can help you. So you're, okay, so let me see if I follow this because we definitely never had this advice before, and, and we we love this question because we tend to never get the same thing twice. Right. And as the, as the podcast grows in age and experience, if you will, as we have more guests right. on, it's like more impressive in that regard. It's really kind of fun, kind of psychological, sort of societal sort of thing. But uh, anyway, um, so you're saying that if you're you know struggling to reach out to someone on social media that you look up to and let them know how they inspire, how they inspire you. Right. Or how they got you through that tough time. Uh, okay. Okay. Because so like I, I said, was, yeah, yeah. even, even just getting it out of your system and venting it out, whether it's to a DM of somebody on Instagram or something, right. even just knowing that you have that sort of way to kind of deal with or not deal with it, but, get it out of your system. You have a way to let people know that, Hey, you're being heard essentially. Okay. So obviously for the, for the, whoever the influencer may be, I mean, obviously that, that can make them feel good and they can appreciate it. But for the person that's struggling, you're, you feel good because you're sort of getting it out there. Something positive that you realize about your life. Right. And you're sharing that with that person that inspires you. Right. Okay. That's really and, interesting. I, I get it. Yeah. And, yeah. and something else that I've always done is don't be afraid ever, ever since like I started overcoming fears, don't be afraid to take that step because that yeah. step could set the course for your life. Like for me, I wouldn't be in, I wouldn't have some of the friends I have if I had never road hulk because that broke my fear of big roller coasters like big yeah yeah high speed roller coasters oh yeah oh, some yeah. of I mean, my greatest yeah. oh, sorry oh, go ahead go ahead so some of my greatest friends are all enthusiasts like you like i, I i'm hanging out with a bunch of different people when i go up to orlando see at sea world you know afterwards and other stuff i'm meeting up with a bunch of people nice. and those are some of the people that i talk to all the time yeah yeah no absolutely it's very meaningful I've said for a long time now, the social side of this hobby is one of the best parts of it and something that a lot of us don't want to say think of or consciously think of. And, and yeah, no, I'm totally with you there. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's, it's, you know, really meaningful, you know, really, really meaningful. Yeah. And, and a lot of enthusiasts are all there for each other. Yep. Like if, excuse me, I've seen uh, some people say, Hey, you know, rough times. And then, their comments will be just all uplifting from other enthusiasts. It, it, it's, it's, it's a great community. Um, if you stay on that side of it, <laughs> but yeah. uh, for the most yeah. part, everyone's there for each other. Yeah. So a couple things to unpack with that. So first, you know, you talked about, you know, if you hadn't written Hulk or, or to be fair, if you hadn't written Hulk or if you hadn't conquered your fear on some other coaster, and really, really, so that, that's a realistic way to look at it. And that's still very significant. Then, yeah, you wouldn't have met, you know, various people. We wouldn't be talking here today. And, you know, you, and for who knows who this interview, who's listening right now, who you could be helping. And that's the right. whole, you know, big point of this. One of the big points, not the only, but one of the main kind of parts of our mission, uh, aspects of our mission. Um, 
the other thing you mentioned about you know staying on the on the positive side of the social interactions in the community and um you know this is something that's a little tricky but and you and i've talked offline about this um the this podcast we stay out of politics we stay out of most controversial issues but we right. have taken a stand about some of the worst negativity that's recently occurred in this community um and you you yourself saw it you know at apple last year and and i i personally am a little more outspoken than uh some of the rest of the producers here in this show but i am outspoken in a way that the person that we're referring to here i am encouraging that person to get the help that she needs because she clearly has psychological issues and major narcissistic problems, narcissistic persona, which she herself doesn't realize because narcissists, they, they cannot accept who they are. That's a fundamental aspect of their being. And she needs a lot of help. And I would love to see her become an awesome person and get the therapy and everything. And But, you know, there's there's people like her and, and others, you know, there's others out there that are, are a problem in the community. Um, they're toxic. They take advantage of people financially. There's, you know, there's pedophiles. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. But thankfully, thankfully, they're in the minority. And I know that because I am blessed to have many friends in this community. Mm-hmm. And, and those, those friends are amazing people, not just to me, but to others, to others with different viewpoints and different politics political beliefs and you know again but they're they're still they're good people that's how friends should be friends should be good people you know and be there for their friends even if their opinions are different you know or unique or you know they vote for a different candidate you know but there are you know unfortunately some very toxic intolerant people out there in any community including ours but again you know some people are you know i have a friend very close friend of the show david's in mind not going to say who he is He's a coaster enthusiast. And he's very negative about the community. He doesn't like being involved in the community because he thinks it's full of crazy people and bad people. And again, I, I, I he's a good friend, and I, but I disagree with him on this point. The vast majority of the people in the community are awesome. Oh, absolutely. So, and I and I see that more and more. I see that at events like Hollywood Nights, going to Coaster Stock for the first time this year, and you know, so many friends, so many good people are going to be there. Um, you know, Ace Ace events I've been to. The media, that media events that I that I meet, you know, some of them are, are personal friends. Again, this community has a lot of positivity in it, and our mission here at this podcast is to in, increase that positivity. And for the negative people in the community, again, we're not trying to force them out. We don't want to force them out. We just want them to become better people, mm-hmm. get the help that they need. You know, a lot of it's psychological. A lot of it, people need therapy and. And whatnot. So, anyways, but yeah, no, thank you for that advice, and uh, I appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, very unique there. And I, and I, I had to kind of piece it together because I was trying to understand where you're coming from because it was new advice about you know mes- messaging someone that you look up to. And and what's great about that advice, by the way, just one last thing, is it's a it's a it's a win win. It's sort of a double positive. You know, it's good for the influencer. You know, you're 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 gonna probably make their day. Um, and it's also good for you because you're getting it out there. Like you said, you're getting it out. So that's great. So thanks for sharing. So the last thing here, Brian, is, as I've been alluding to a couple of times or in the interview, uh, you know, you're, you like, you love that coasters and, and parks have gotten you to be less of an introvert and you get, you know, love talking to people on Instagram and, and so forth. And so to that end, 
you know, if you'd like, whatever you'd like to share as far as how people can get a hold of you and talk to you, uh, you know, just like your advice, maybe someone, you know, found this interview really uplifting and they want to let you know that, um, you know, or just get to know you, maybe someone in South Florida, maybe some new friends or whatnot. Right. Um, you know, go to Uncle Bernie's with you <laughs> um, <laughs> or come up here or ride a, a ride or ride bright line up here to Orlando with you. Yeah, right. But <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. So any, anyone that wants to reach out to you, how can they find you? So I have um, two. I have uh, my Facebook page is Midnight Coasters. Um, it's a little dead. Try to bring it back. Uh, I don't. I kind of stay off Facebook a lot. Same with Twitter. I don't have a Twitter anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, Instagram is the main one I use. That's going to be Midnight Coasters with a underscore mid- Midnight underscore Coasters. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Any time of day, any time of day, because uh, I have, I do have an iWatch, so I do see notifications even if I'm at work. Um, YouTube uh, for my music is going to be, I have to update it. It's going to be Secrets of the Crypt for my heavier stuff. My lighter stuff is going to be Primordial Eden. Um, my roller coaster one has been Night Coasters, as as uh, as it should be, <laughs> is my roller coaster page. Um, but yeah, that's that's more or less it. Um, thank you again uh, for having me on. Uh, had a lot of fun. Got to talk about some cool stuff. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It was awesome having you. I mean, again, we're friends, so I always love talking to you. But again, I thought you'd be a good person to kind of kind of uh, share with our audience. And yeah, it was a great conversation. Some good advice and good stories. So thanks again for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, absolutely. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.